welcome to Sonic Bites, the freewheeling conversation and interview series for the eclectic music lover. This week, we have a very good friend, Bethany Graves, on the podcast to discuss her new short film, The Book of Laws. She composed the music for the film, which Leo and I were ecstatic to be asked to play on the soundtrack for. And she also helped to co-write and co-produce the film, along with her mum, Tisha Graves, and a very talented group of creatives. We had a chance to view the film early as part of creating the film, and were blown away by the concept, storyline, and performances, as well as the production quality, and it's awesome to have a chance to discuss the making of the film in depth with her. We also chat about the creative process and how to approach composing music on a more general level as well. If you'd like to keep up with the film release and behind-the-scenes footage, make sure to follow The Book of Laws on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll link these in the episode description. We're really enjoying creating these podcasts for you every week, and hope they're adding interesting perspectives to approaching the world of music in these crazy times. Do follow us on Spotify, Apple, or Stitcher, and leave a review wherever you can, or like and subscribe to the channel on YouTube, as it really helps support the show. We hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, All right, should we clap? Sure, you go for it, Leo. Oh. <laughs> I'm going with determination now, you know. No, that's I like you, it. That's what you got to do, confidence. We're, yeah. This is the 19th episode. We, yeah. we got to we know what we're doing by now, you know. That's what they say about number 19, you know. Yeah. Jonathan Chung, the usurper. Mm. Every time that's I think, you know, you know 19, I think that's a very determined number. I was, I felt determined. I was, but I was calling it. I was mm. calling it in a determined. Fact. I was like, "Go for it, Leo!" And then Johnny's mm. just like, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> you just like, I yeah. Mean, that's you, my you next Dungeons and Dragons character name. <laughs> the user. <usurper. laughs> the user. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy you went there, Johnny. I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been. Yeah, I've been trying to get into my fantasy recently. I don't know. Really? I have, well, I, have I mean, nowhere, I have nowhere to go. Like, I, talking I, I, to the I right person, really I think. Yeah. Yeah, Leo Kelly G, he likes he really loves dressing yeah, up yeah. as a medieval bard on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Weekends? All the time. My pajamas oh, sorry, are, yeah. um, are, are I have bard pajamas. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's you know what? Your, your business day. is your own, Leo. Your business is your own. Uh, so anyway. Yourself. This isn't this is a magic ring. It's not a wedding ring. This is my um my magical <laughs> oh, signet ring. Sorry, I, I think the <laughs> I think the less said about that the better. But <laughs> Um, I am re- I mean, yeah, if you want to get into fantasy, I'll give you recommendations. You know, I could just send you my own music, to be honest. I'm making fantasy music now, just as a hobby. So, uh, is, is this, have, have we heard some of it already? You've, I mean, both of you have played on it. Yeah, I was making sure we were talking <laughs> about the same way. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, that music. I love it so much. <laughs> would, you, um, would you call the Book of Laws, like, like, it is, I guess it is fantastical, but it's not fantastical in a way like... That, yeah, I mean, like, it's not, I mean, there is elements of, you know, prophecy in it, but it's very clear uh, sure. that it's all fake mm-hmm. and that, that there's no actual mysticism. It's just, mm. it's just a, basically a cult um, yeah. and yeah. they're just being sort of deceived and being sold on a lie. And that's just the whole premise of the film. Mm. And it's just, yeah. And the, and the film is basically just like gets... Is just trying to get underneath that and get underneath all of the psychology of, of all levels of that kind of community and even outsiders mm. of it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah but I'm yeah, happy to yeah, be here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's been a long time coming, um, and I've been really excited to, to to finally get you onto the podcast. Yeah, in, in I mean, official capacity. 
Yes, of course, because I've been in the shadows. I've been, <laughs> I've been watching from the shadow. I've been. I'm a big fan of the podcast. You know, I've uh, I've watched every episode with my eyes. I could have just listened to it, but I went one better. I watched yes. them on the wow. YouTube, and I, I, you know, I like the videos with all five of my alt accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Am I? You'll never know. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and I, I try my best to, you know, actually engage with it to, you know, leave a comment when I can and stuff like that. But I don't want to do that too much because then you're just mm. that guy who's always there in every comment section of these videos. And mm. that can backfire on you because, well, I remember we did a radio show. We've been guests on a radio show called The Unsigned Showcase, I think it was called. Yes, it was with Apple. Sure. Abdul and Jason and I, I love those people, but I remember I set them up with some new guests and they were like, yeah, and also feel free to leave comments in the, in the live chat of the episode, you know, look engaged and, you know, make sure that there's traffic and, you know, you know, and I was doing that and I was just chatting all sorts of nonsense, just trying to engage with what they were saying or make little remarks, just, just trying to look like there was a sizable audience who were interested in what these people have to say, you know? And, uh, that it was true anyway, but I was, I wanted to contribute to that as much as I could, you know, being a supportive friend. And then we do our joint episode where we 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 were guesting on the show at the same time yes and then jason makes this remark like oh yeah bethany sure thought she owned the chat last week yeah <laughs> can you believe the audacity of you that you asked me like, to get involved and now you're you ribbing me, to- me on air about getting involved <laughs> i know i was there just wow. like i did this for you <laughs> yes but- this is all for you and they still uh, no, I, I, uh, jokes aside though, I love them. I think they're still going on Instagram. I think they do Instagram live shows. I know that Abdul, and he's, he started a new podcast now, which is Becoming the Artist, I think. Becoming um, the Artist. Yes. Well, he's, the first episode was with Yigsy, um, and he's getting a few other people on there as well. Yeah. I think he's getting, um, he's getting Uglietti on, I think at some point as well. <sighs> so he's coming for all of our, uh, all the people that we're going to be interviewing. We, we've got competition, Johnny. There's a bit of, yeah, there's <laughs> he's a bit coming of overlap, for our, He's coming for our fan base. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, we should. Or if you want, I'll find, I'll, I'll find them, and maybe if, if you could link them in yeah. the description of the video, that would be nice. Yeah. Yes, hey man, we're, I love, we're just, I love them. I'm big fans. I'm a big fan of Abdul and Jason. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> that, all just local businesses recommending people to each other. You know, it's, it's, oh it's yeah, yeah. exactly, um, exactly. There, there's you know? no, there's no competition between. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really in, like if yeah, I, I actually I asked to go on after the podcast because it looks really cool and I really like to get involved. And also, we thought it'd be really cool to get him on this, this podcast, like as a podcaster, and have a podcast exactly. about podcasting. Oh, um, I love like that. a really meta episode because yeah. that'd be quite cool too. Yeah, because you can and, just talk then, about talking to musicians. It? You can both post it. I don't know. Um, people do collabs where there's a section of it that they sort of divide the content up, and then they put little bits on. Um, their mm. respective channels, and so mm. Abdul can go. And if you want to hear more about this, go to sonic bites podcast and check check out part two and then you can be like and if you want to find out more of this yeah go to yeah. becoming the artist over on instagram and uh, check them out you know yeah mm. well if, you, if you're an avid listener you have to see if that actually plays out as yeah. as we have before <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean i will because i'm there <laughs> i'm inside uh, you uh, in like in a metaphorical like loving and completely healthy mm. way yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I feel like you, you do live sort of rent free in both leo and my head like in terms of like 
um, influence. <laughs> That's very true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not in like a really weird <laughs> way, but just yeah. Just I'm a squatter. I'm a, I'm squatting in in your heads. Yeah. You're 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 um you're a, you're like a like a plugin <laughs> to my self editing mechanism. Really? As in yeah. as in <laughs> as in you're about to say something and then you're thinking, mm. what would Bethany make of this? Maybe more, not. Maybe I won't more, say it. <laughs> more when I more when I write stuff, but like you're one of the people oh, right. that when I write something, it's like oh, what, 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 like like part of me goes, ah, oh, but with Bethany like that, and like it doesn't really? get through my head if like I don't think that you'll sort of at least mm. give it the time of day, if that makes sense. Well, okay, that's very so interesting. Like an extra, like you know, level of it, like in a really good way. You know, it makes me like if 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 I come up with an idea and it's kind of like ah, oh, Bethany wouldn't like it. It's probably not worth doing, kind of. Thing. And it's like. <laughs> You know? That kind of makes me feel bad, though. You know, no, you can't no, no, let, no, no, like it's, you can't it's, let it's, my tastes get in the way of because I don't, I don't dislike everything. That's just because I dislike it doesn't mean it's bad a lot of the time. No, no, of course, but it, it, it just means like it's like it, it just it like in a good way it makes me make write better music. I think at least because it just makes me a bit more analytical and a bit more kind of okay. it makes me try a bit harder with things as opposed to just going ah oh, like that'll do. It's just kind of like, no way. It's got to at least me like my, my my mental idea of what the bethany grace seal of approval is oh yeah. my goodness it's, it's like not sense. even it's not even to do with you know actual bethany graves it's, it's no no completely it's a new <laughs> manifestation fantasy rather yeah. it's fantasy graves it's fantasy, fantasy bethany, bethany graves, graves. Yeah. that's exactly what it is yeah. <laughs> fantasy <laughs> fantasy <laughs> why is that so funny it's not it's, goodness yeah. uh i yeah i i definitely yeah. well I feel that you live, you both of you live rent free in my head as well. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, in term, I, I mean, ev- I think of you two every second of every day. I think, I think <laughs> for about, I think every second about one micro, about at least seven microseconds of that second, I'm thinking, I wonder what Johnny and Leo are doing right now. <laughs> oh. you're, I just, mean- you're just bubbling. <laughs> I mean, that might be a segue into talking about, you know, because I, I I guess the whole point of this is to really dive into the creative process behind um, the Book of Laws and everything to do with, you know, that short film. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but hold on a second, though. Let me talk about how much I'm a fan of the podcast a bit first. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> so, oh, there's, there's more. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll just drag back that We'll get there. We'll then. get there. Honestly, okay. I promise no you rush. we'll get there. There's no rush. It's all good. But I just wanted to say... I am loving just learning about all of these new people that you know. I like ah. all these all the new guests. Like, I'm a legitimate fan of Hannah Elkins and Ned Stranger now. Mm. Um I I and especially because it's really weird how much you can as a musician at least. I don't know in what capacity everyone's listening to the podcast, but as a musician it's really interesting seeing someone that you you don't know who they are and yet they're describing a musical background or something about their musical process or something that's meaningful to them that's that's really resonating with you that really resonates with you so especially well I can pick out a few so Hannah Elkins her she like she and her mom just like made like a family record label first of all that's dope and I mean, that's so, similar to you. Like, I guess you had to also set up TBZ pr- Productions in order to exactly. Make, and film. two of those three letters are just, you know, me and my mum. So, oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, Tisha and Bethany and Zarina, who's um, our other producer. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was it was just Zed for the hell of it. You know? <laughs> just because it was him. Yeah. <laughs> 
peepees. <laughs> we do um, like something cool on the end. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. It's perfect. I mean, there there is like an, an actual counter pop group in Hong Kong called the Bees or something like that. Really? Like, yeah. Um, wow. What kind of music do they do? It's just like straight up counter pop, I think. Like counter pop. <laughs> It's canto, what, canto, what? like Cantonese pop. Oh, canto pop! Did you think he was doing counter pop as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, it's like some sort of rebellious. Yeah. Wait, no. Like, I, what's yeah. counter pop? Like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Uh, down with the system. Down yeah. with functional harmonies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, down I might, with I'm, I might, I might be thinking chords of one the wrong, and five. I, I might be thinking negative of the wrong views group. on Spotify and anyway. YouTube. <laughs> Sleepify, more like wakeify. Yeah. <laughs> Um. No, I'm actually. I've got it completely wrong. They are not a counter pop group. They're actually a Japanese rock duo. I was. Oh, I, really? I thought. Yeah. I, I just. I just knew there was a band from East Asia that oh, was called Bees. Okay. But I thought. I thought that's they were like, Cantonese. That's like yeah. counter counter pop, basically. Yeah. A yeah, Japanese rock duo. <laughs> if you believe like, that, yeah, exactly. if you <laughs> believe anti- that Japan is the antithesis <laughs> yeah. of China. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, Japan. But no, the they're generally called. They're generally called the Bees. Anyway, you can't see it. Oh, uh, I'm no. I'm into that. I like that. But no, it was they are, it's actually just our names. So we mm. have done that. We have done we have made our we've we've made a film production company. Mm. Me and the Ma I don't I've never called her that before. But yeah. Um <laughs> and also I just I we do like our family in general does do a lot of projects together. My brother yeah. even he's he's also involved. He's a, an excellent he's an excellent musician first of all, but also an excellent coder and engineer and stuff like that so he's he's very useful and he's always helping us out and he's a he's also part of you know part of the business as well part of our you know our other family business so Mm. um i've always been curious actually like what was it um i'm not sure if this is like a uh a divergence or not but like in terms of growing up with like that sort of family like what was it like like having you know like like a, a mum who's really musical and like a brother who's really musical and just sort of like being in that sort of environment, like. Mm, well, got nothing to compare it to really. So, <laughs> but I think it's really good. It's just great to be honest. I love my brother. I love my mum. I, I wouldn't have them any other way. I think they're, I think they're great. Mm. They, and also my brother is a huge influence. Anything, even from Hiromi or Joe Pass and Brad Meldau and Pat Metheny and like mm. any any of those pretty much there's just so many so many artists who even Yoko mm. Kano I would not have heard of Yoko Kano mm. if not for my brother oh, wow um and she is she's a or she's a Japanese composer she does a lot of anime and she's done she did you know a Ghost in the Shell series and she did a, she's very prolific and very amazing and I kind of just want to be her if I had to choose a, a business model for my entire life I would just be Yoko Kano because she's amazing mm. and uh it's yeah my brother is the one who got me into that because he's seven years older than me so I think that's cool I, I I mean having an older brother is is just cool in general especially if your older brother is just cool in and of himself you just want to be around him all the time and so anything mm. that he likes so you know he'll be watching some anime and all of a sudden I'm a weeaboo uh and then I'm just I shouldn't have said that um edit that out yeah (laughs) and then or he'll he'll be like he'll go he'll he applied for computer science at UCL and so I had to apply for computer science at UCL and now I've got a computer science degree so he is a really big influence on my life (laughs) Mm. um 
and it, and my mum as well. Like we're just really tight. We're kind of part, we're kind of the same person. We've got the same parameters, just in slightly different amounts. Mm. Um, and so it's just nice. It's it's also it's nice. It's easy to spend a lot of time with them as well because <laughs> they're the more like you they are, the the less you have to, to clash against I guess um it's really chill and it, as t- in terms of just being I just I love it because they're just educating me all the time because they're they're both older than me you know you'd hope <laughs> <laughs> at, at least with your mom yeah. uh yeah exactly um and so they just every, anything whatever they're doing is rubbing off on you so mm. at a young age you're getting accustomed to a whole load of music and a whole load of even you know Beethoven like my mum used to my mum I think Moonlight Sonata is the only piano piece that she knows off by heart because she's she's a better sight reader than me sure and so she I've always known her to sight read Mm. but you know I always remember her playing Moonlight Sonata I always remember my brother like listening to so many different styles and types of music he's just like he's he just likes music i think and which is a good thing yeah <laughs> you wouldn't you don't say um, <laughs> i think uh yeah i it, my point is getting drawn out and thinned out a little bit so i think i'll stop it there but uh it's great i i love it it's just it's just a massive education yeah yeah, I think it's yeah. I mean, like growing up, kind of without that and not having people to bounce ideas off of until I got to, until I was almost twenty, really, until I came to university. Like, I, I always find it really cool hearing people like, talk about that kind of like you know, like having music, have, no, not just having music on all the time, but having being exposed to a lot of different music because like I was exposed to a fair amount, but like my parents were never into classical music and they never sort of touched on the fringes of anything really. So I was exposed to a lot of pop music. Um, but the pop music of the like of their generation, so like the sixties, seventies, and the eighties, are sort of mm. like chart music, and that's kind of what I grew sure. up with. Um, and so, like even when I met you guys, it was kind of like a, it was just like a massive kind of like broadening of everything, sort of finding out about all this other music. Like, that- like you showed me Yoko Kano, Johnny, you, t- you introduced me to people like D'Angelo, Mama's Gun, um, and it's just like all of it just you know sort of flooded in, and like and I've never heard of any of it before, and obviously, so it's you know really, what? really cool yeah. that you got to have that from such a young age, you know. But that does tend to happen when you meet Jonathan Chung. Yes, like, that's very true. I I recently because I've I've now understand that being in live music society, which we're, you know we've all been in, is basically just opening the door to loads of people with really really cool music tastes who have really cool songs to share that they listen to. Mm. I now just whenever I want to find out new music, I just try and outsource that as much as possible like we mm. have a little group chat i think for songwriters mm. uh and i've been i've been there being like and if anyone just has any references or recommendations of songs feel free mm. to contribute it's all valid discussion and really yeah. i just want i just want to just consume some new music because i know that they have it within them but i yeah, want definitely. it um, but like Jonathan Chung is that times a thousand, I feel like just because he just loves music in general so much. And it, and you know, there's a lot of Jonathan Chung has a lot of scope for variety. Mm. Mm. So 
he'll he'll introduce you to Wolfpack and Snarky Puppy, but then he'll also introduce you to this really weird like, oh, what's the name? Was it the Punch Brothers or yeah, Anna yeah, Meredith? Yeah. Um, and I I love Anna Meredith. I I went on a massive Anna Meredith binge mm. after I think you just messaged me being like, oh, this got this this is really cool music and yeah and even everything everything they're very different and Hiromi they're very different styles but Jonathan Mm. Chung he embraces every style and he finds something good in everything as opposed to I like this I don't like this he always looks for what he does like which is really interesting and it's Mm. kind of being around someone like that is very musically enriching I would say Mm. um (laughs) And then there's the Marla. Then there's the Marla, you know? Oh, yeah. We can. I mean, I'm, I, I would call myself a Marla novice, to be fair. Like, I wouldn't be able to. That's true. But I mean, I've. Things, but, like, but that, I mean, bonding with you has actually made me want to acquaint myself with Marla now because it's like, I think it's just something that we both want to do. And we have mm. done so. We've taken those first steps together as well because we both went, yeah. you know, we've both <laughs> gone to those concerts. Yeah. So I really like. Oh, that's that's actually really lovely as well. Discovering discovering an artist or a composer at the same time as someone else. Sure. Like yeah. I really like I really oh, love that. Like mm. just making the decision with you, Johnny, being like, we're gonna get more acquainted with Marla. Mm. And then being like, Yeah, let's go to a bunch of Marla concerts. And then <laughs> just sort of like bopping yeah. and just having that having that concert buddy where you can just wordlessly vibe. Or yeah. or the conductor can do something and you can both be like it's it's really nice yeah it's like it's almost like like people say confirmation bias is a bad thing but you almost have like having (laughs) having that confirmation it's more like exactly it's it's more like validation that you really did just see that or that that Mm. you did just hear that you know that this is really happening yeah i I love when some someone does something sick on the bass guitar and you just want to look at someone to be like, did, did, did everyone yeah, yeah, else yeah, see that? that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you catch eyes with someone and they're like, mm. yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, so I guess, fun. I guess, I guess it is an affinity with sort of just like rich music, right? Like that's music that just has a lot there. Or even if it doesn't have a lot there, there's like, it, it gives you like a bigger feeling, you know? Mm. Um, and it's, it's, mm. um, it's, it's not necessarily, it's both yeah, tangible feelings. and not tangible at the same time. You know, it's like when you you might go into writing something and you might go into writing something, but you don't necessarily like you'll be thinking, okay, I want it to sound this way, I want it to to make it sort of big in that way. Yeah. But you you can't you can't ever like composers never write for us to have that reaction to the music you know do you um, think that, that that's i mean I, like they they might have a certain intention but um so you I mean, some think people do but yeah composers are like they have maybe they have something that they want to express and mm-hmm. they come at it from a i want to convey this message or this story but you think they don't necessarily go i want the audience to feel this way at this time do you, do you not think that they well because you can't you can't really control like what the audience feels right like that's you, you really can, interesting that's true. i mean that that's that's my philosophy like you you create a piece of art um whatever form mm-hmm. and you might have an it's like the whole i mean that's a massive philosophical debate but yeah no but that's um, very interesting because i've started now that i'm doing filmmaking 
Mm. That a lot of a lot of writing a script or editing something, editing a sequence together, you're not necessarily you are like there is that essence of what do I want the audience to feel at this particular mm. moment in time? Not just mm. what's happening in the story, but you're thinking, I need to put myself in s- somehow in the audience's shoes. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. And and I need to f- I need to find I need to find a moment. Sometimes, sometimes, and I've read this, and other people do this too. But at the same time, I'm I am a bit of, I'm I. This is my first film pro- film project, so. Sure. I, I don't want to talk as if, you know, I'm Quentin Tarantino over here, but mm. that sometimes when you want the audience to have a particular reaction, sometimes that's ended mm. up guiding what actually happens in the story as opposed oh, to the true. other way around. Mm. That's so really interesting. We had, even within the script, I think we wanted to sow some... Well, I, I think we were, we were thinking... Um, I think what's well, got something to do with drama or just creating drama is doing the opposite of what you kind of would expect or something like that. That's subverting mm-hmm. expectations. So. Subverting expectations. So I remember having a a bit of a debate with my mother uh, when we were having script meetings where one of the actresses or the actors, uh, who was it? Yeah, so someone in the film does something that, I I kind of was thinking, but I don't understand because like if I were in that situation, I would just not do that. So why does this person do that? And mm. she was saying, oh, well, <laughs> because we want people to be intrigued and we want people to ask, why is she doing that? Um, and we kind of want people to be confused and want to know more. And then I was thinking, and then I said, well, okay, if you want the surprise of, oh, well, she did that instead of doing what I would have done or what, you know, what I feel a normal person would do in that situation. If you're going to have that moment of surprise or, you know, subverting the audience's expectations in that way, then you can't just have it come out of nowhere. It has to be somewhere ingrained within her character so that it makes sense. So then I found myself going back to previous scenes and trying to sew um, all of the insecurities of this character and I, I was trying to portray the character as insecure in in x y and z way so that when it came to that moment it, even though it wasn't the rational decision you can understand why she specifically would make that decision because of all of the things that is important to her and what she's worried about and what she's been insecure about up until that moment if that makes any sense yeah sure and, and was that like it, was that creative decision made so that was in the writing process or was yeah, that, that was made like during yeah. the script okay, it was so yeah so it was so, while we were finishing the script yeah sure okay. so we ended up yeah. so we ended up having a dialogue scene between two characters where the it was a, a slightly antagonistic conversation uh it wasn't really a conversation it was more of an argument and so one character says to the other character uh, you know, a bunch of things that makes her, her feel really insecure about herself and makes her think that she might be, that her life decisions might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And that sort of contributed to her sort of, you know, making the decision that maybe if they hadn't had that conversation, she would have been a bit more firm and she wouldn't have allowed herself to, you know, do whatever. 
Mm. Cool. Uh, is and it okay much, to talk like much... this? I feel like I'm censoring yeah, the spoilers absolutely. so much. <laughs> no, it's like it's no, no, no. It's I hope like, it's, it's interesting. It's really, it's, no, it is, and it's also despite really, like, the fact that there's so it, much I don't really want to talk about with the specific yeah. things. It's interesting for for like for us because like obviously you very kindly showed us to a private screening of the film already, so I'm sort of like in my head going like yeah yeah, well, yeah we did a bit I of like was, a I test. I was just talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did do we did a bit of a test. Uh, yeah, for because you guys are actually it wasn't a random test screening because you guys are actually in the film in some capacity because mm. Leo you you're in the soundtrack you play the guitar and Johnny you also play the violin so. And actually, sometimes as well, I can hear you very, very clearly, both of you. And so I really like the whole process of, well, I love watching the film and then hearing something be like, that's Johnny's violin. And then sometimes I can be like, that's Min's viola. Because, yeah, Min was also Mm -hmm. playing viola. We basically just got a bunch of our old friends together and sort of created what amounted to a little, you know, little orchestra type situation and then we just recorded in whatever way we could we did have like a big recording space uh rented out rented out hired out but then we also also when I needed more specific bits (laughs) I did get you around um to you know get in my shed and I mean I mean one of my questions about that was how much of that sort of when to plan in terms of like from when you obviously you wrote out the whole score and you had to Mm -hmm. put it together did that change at all in terms of the final product and especially with film scoring where things have to happen at a certain time you're writing to the music Mm -hmm. you have recorded these things that are this length you know obviously you might edit it you might speed things up or whatever but how like how did that change overall from from your original vision or was it like or did you get there (laughs) um it so there are a couple of ways i can interpret your question Mm. and i'll just answer both of both of well yeah a couple of ways i'll Mm. answer them a couple of times so uh in many ways nothing really went to plan everything went wrong you know i had you know Mm. lockdown happened so that messed up a lot of my plans as well so sure. uh, a lot of it was mending and making do and just improvising and just, and just sort of doing what we can and, and just making do with what we've got. And mm. which was, you know, it's it sucks at the time because it just adds to your many stresses. But at the same time, it is a good lesson in innovation, I suppose, and necessity breeding invention. Mm. Uh, did In terms of specific composition... No, no, yeah, I think it was all. I, d- I don't think I had to change the like the bulk of anything. Sure. Um, because I had by the time it came down to finalizing everything on the paper, I had already mm. received what was pretty much going to be the final, the final cut, not the fi- yeah, the the picture lock. So it's it's everything edited exactly as it as it would be before it gets color graded, mm-hmm. and. So for that reason, there wasn't actually much I had to change. There were a couple mm. of perhaps happy accidents when I was mixing that I thought, ooh, I'll just leave you in there um, sure. because mm. you sound quite nice. Uh, <laughs> but but not apart stuff from that, that affects the overall vision or anything. Yeah, nothing <laughs> or, like, that affected the overall vision the too much. Yeah. 
Um, oh, actually, I will say one thing, which was Wild Eyes, which is the the song that plays during the sure. credit scene. <clears throat> yeah, I remember we were, we we modified the credits, and so the credits ended up being a lot longer than the song. And so then right. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so now I just have to. Now I just have to compose some music all of a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and then I put, I, yeah, but that was fine. I just chucked that on the end of it. Um, but that's the only thing I think where anything was substantially changed. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I loved Min's episode too, by the way. That was oh. super refreshing. Uh, I've never really, well, it's nice hear, hearing about classical music, but I've never, I've never really listened to a podcast where classical music was discussed in like such a nice freewheeling way because it's often structured in a, well, you know, I listen to the radio Mm. and sometimes there are those kinds of interviews, but it's Mm. so nice having it in a very chill setting. And especially with Min talking to Leo and like, I felt like, you know, it was very, it was very nice. It was very nice. It was nice watching your sort of discovery of classical music or, or sort of deepening, deepening your journey. Yeah, I think the in, the through sort of, conversation. It's almost as if internet culture and like classical music are sort of sort of sort of matching up now. They're they're joining up and people are starting yeah, to explore. Yeah, exactly. That Just arena. like um yeah, also thank you Johnny for getting me into that Bach podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. WTF um, Bach. Go listen to it. It's, this is this, yeah, this guy it's, talking it's about just, Bach. <laughs> he's the he's the most peculiar character to his voice. Mm. And I really enjoy it. I enjoy listening to him, but I also enjoy, because I, I watched the episode, the Jack Stratton episode. Jack Stratton went on, sure. from Wolfbeck went on and talked to talked to this dude about why he likes Bach. But it was also much the same way that, like, Leo was talking to Min on his episode. Yeah. Um, it was actually quite <laughs> oh, funny. I, as, I know, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's the parallel though, because it's someone who has dipped their toes in and is interested in finding out more and like there's there's mm-hmm. the curiosity element but he's also like having his mind like blown on the spot you know? at the same time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. not yeah. because of it like was... not because of like because min and i are like waxing lyrical like, like we're like amazing at talking no but it's just nice music, seeing just someone concepts you know yeah being interested yeah, mm. yeah. ask questions and have them fulfilled and being like oh cool you know yeah <laughs> um, i think it's nice like I think a lot of um, classical music, it pre- like at least the stuff that that I've come into contact on the radio, it presupposes that you know a lot already, um, mm. in some way or another, you know. And so, like getting into it, is, it was really nice to have him in there because he just he, um, yeah, he just he opened my eyes to sort of just being brought up in a classical way, which I'd never met yeah. anyone who was who was like that. And so it was just everything I that think... he said was just like pure like what like childish wonder coming on oh my god like <laughs> how have I not heard of any of this before it was amazing but I like that yeah it does take it t- he took the sort of esoteric nature out of it a little bit mm. I also mm. was re- what was quite funny I was um Min did mention you, know, you did talk about he, he said I've never I've never known anyone to you know go to school and then go to like Saturday music school just to study composition specifically. And I wanted to be like, no, man, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I studied composition at Saturday school. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, I love, I just love the show, man. And I love, I love Pearl Solves as well. 
I'm sorry, I keep bringing it back to I'm just I'm just a genuine fan of the show. I'm just a genuine Sonic Sonic Sonics. I'm not that big a fan of it. I can't remember the name. What is it? Sonic Sonic Tights. Sonic Tights. Oh, anyway, right. static tights. <laughs> anyway, Teutonic knights. Um, or it's a whole nother. Um, that's oh, <laughs> the composition thing leads on. Bubonic really plights. Because, <laughs> um, like, uh, obviously, yeah, like in terms of studying composition, it's never something that, um, never something that I've studied. But like in terms of actually studying composition, like, what is it that you? Is there anything you learned in that that you sort of apply to the film? Kind of like how did it, like t- to me the fact that you are able to even score a film just completely blows my mind. Like I, I, I'm, I'm just about capable of writing a four and a half minute song and you've, you've written, and you've got enough for like, you know, almost an hour's worth of music just specifically for a film. Like it's just, it, it's mind blowing. Like how do you even begin? Yeah. yeah. I will I mean, tell I, you a, a story. I'm, I'm also curious but... of like, what, like, did you find out anything new about scoring for a film? Like, cause I guess you haven't properly scored for like 60 minutes of film in the past. No, no, I've never done that before. No. Yeah. So was there anything you learned on the way as well? You know? Mm. Yes. Yes, there was. Okay. (laughs) But mostly through, oh, oh, you just wait, mister. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, okay. I'll go to Leo's question, you know, first come first serve, you know, Mm. uh, (laughs) The world doesn't revolve around you, Johnny. So, uh, sorry, I'm just kidding. Uh, it clearly does. Anyway. <laughs> the I, amusement park is opening soon. <laughs> so we did have, uh, there was, I was very, very, very directly influenced by my time at Guildhall. Specifically in, I think, the first, like, proper orchestral notes of the entire soundtrack because it starts with it starts with some vocal ish some vocal stuff and then the strings come in what and it's a cold open it's very creepy it's very mysterious it's it's very disorientating as well because no one really knows what's going on Mm -hmm. uh because we haven't we haven't told anyone quite frankly but uh that I was thinking about what I could do for that. And I was very directly inspired by my music awareness class. Cause we all, again, everyone at Guildhall, they do their first study, second study, whatever. And then they also do, everyone does a music awareness class every week as well. And we were studying, uh, an opera by Bella Bartok called Bluebeard's Castle. I think it was called Bluebeard's Castle. And sure. it has, it opens the entire opera with, four phrases of four notes each so it kind of just goes and i didn't do that i did something a little bit like it so (laughs) (laughs) i it was it was just the idea of of very very low grumbling strings moving in unison which kind of really added a very mysterious and kind of a little bit menacing mm-hmm. vibe and that's something that I wanted to tap into mm. and so that's that's a story of a very very direct reference to and yeah. an application of a lesson that I had learned um there I think, are I think it's I was gonna say, uh, just like to comment on that I think it's really cool when you're able to um 
like like take the idea of something kind of like like as you said sort of like groupings of four notes like that but then kind of like break it down to its like basic kind of like concept and then sort of like rework it again so it's kind of like it's not like a literal kind of like one for one like oh they did that and i'll take that but it's kind of like taking the concept of it and then moving it like it just keeps, mm. yeah it's really, really cool well let's talk about that okay so i uh I really like the idea. I, I've I've been thinking about just I think about music sometimes. I just think about just think about like I like thinking about music sometimes. It's just uh, you know I'm just kind of deep like that, kind of deep. And uh, I've I've I like the idea of I have a school of thought where you are on a sliding scale with being a. I guess a being composing in a procedural way on one hand and then pr mm. composing in a very intuitive way on the other hand. And when I say uh, procedural, I mean, if you've ever listened to, say, if you've, ever, if you've ever listened to Jacob Collier describe anything about why he composed something the way he did ever, if you ever listened to, if you ever listened to uh, him just talk about his decision process behind a composition. I would, I would describe the way he explains it as a way a procedural composer might think before he mm. before they compose something. Yeah. So, for I think I'm not sure if you've ever. I I love Jacob Collier's in the bleak midwinter arrangement. I love it. I think it's the most beautiful thing, and uh, he does this modulation to I think G and a half sharp major and uh he was just i was watching him describe how he arrived at the conclusion of that g and a half sharp major was the thing that needed to happen and it was very much it's very much i want to achieve this effect i think about how i can possibly achieve this effect and then i realize how i can do that and then i do it mm. and i'm not saying that jacob collier is a procedural composer, but that that sort of the way he explains it sounds that very procedural. Sounds it's it sounds like the way that someone might because he's he's explaining it to you after he's done it. Mm. Mm. But that but that's the, the that taking that and putting it at the forefront that could be how like a procedural composer would 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 start the process. It's very premeditated, isn't it? It's like you you know what you're going for before you arrive right. at it, and then you set out to do it, and then you do it. Exactly. And then I have the, wait, which one was the procedural? The other I think one. Your right was the procedural. Procedural, procedural and then the intuitive was the other hand. Yeah, left. This guy. Yeah. No, proceed, that was procedural. This was procedural, so this is intuitive. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I wonder All if that's right. got anything to do with like the left and now right brain, like with subconsciously, gas. one being the creator side, one being the listener. Maybe not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I have no idea, but that's, you know, not really in, within my purview. I don't know what purview means. If but anyone's fact-checking that phrase, if, 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 if this is like the procedural side of the brain and this is the intuitive, like, please let us know. Cause that would be so cool if that just happened. Well, it's, this is, this is, know? well, in terms of left brain, right brain, this is, this is your logical left brain. And this is your sort of, what is it supposedly creative woo woo mm -hmm. right brain, right? But doesn't like the left, like control the other side or something. Does it? So is it just all imposed? Is it, so it could opposing? Be, that you could, that could literally have been procedural, like, uh, sorry, this is the complete. You, maybe I was intuitively tapping into the structure of the brain biologically without realizing it. That's what. But I was... then also talking about it, so it gets all meta. 
that's what I was going for. I mean, for. We, can, we can talk about this till the cows come home, exactly. but Sorry, let's talk about intuitive side, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, so then you'd have the intuitive composer who just, just feels stuff, you know? So they might even, I, I, I like to believe that you can come to exactly the same conclusion as a procedural composer might come to. Mm. Like you could, you could perhaps, but you just wouldn't know why you've done it until you've gone back and analyzed it. And so one person knows why he does what he does when he does it. And the other person doesn't know why he does what he does when mm. he does it. Mm. And, and I, and I like the idea that there might just be like a bit of a sliding scale or different, or people might just use different measures of both you know, types of composing when, as and when it suits them or whatever. I don't really, I just like the idea of, I just like, I just like the terms intuitive and procedural and I've just mm. made some labels up for no reason essentially. <laughs> but, but it does help me describe my creative process a little bit better because I would say, especially when it comes to writing the soundtrack, well, in general, I like to do both, but I specifically like to when I'm doing like a first draft kind of thing, I like to compose as, what do you think? What do you think? Do I, intuitive or procedural? What do you think I'm going to say? I want to say, I don't know, because I've heard you talk about stuff before and you've always been quite like, just in terms of the way you think about melodies and stuff, like you, you definitely talk very procedurally. But then again, I know that the way you look at music and harmony and just everything is very intuitive at the same time. So I'm going to, I reckon procedural. Johnny, what are you going to go for? Uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 <laughs> so I, not invested. We're playing a game. We're playing a game. But what yeah. do you think I was going to say? I would say, I would say intuitive at first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Johnny's answer because I did meant a. I, when I was, when I was gesturing, I was doing it with the intuitive hand. So (laughs) you should have really picked up on that. But also, (laughs) also specific, I really do like, I, I, I love an analysis, I guess, as a thing that you can do. Mm. But when I'm first starting out, I really like to do everything as intuitive as possible, just because Mm. I don't believe that intuition is some woo-woo stuff. I believe that intuition is something, you processing some information through your ears or your Mm. eyes or something. And that sort of gets processed by your subconscious. And you you just don't necessarily communicate that well enough to your conscious brain. Yeah. for you to know Mm. why you feel a certain way about something Mm. but if you really thought about it and a if you also if you just i i think it's also a neural pathway that you can reinforce in a way Mm. so you can you can train having a good having like a a very strong connection between your conscious brain and your subconscious brain and i think that's what wise people possibly are these are all theories wise people are or emotionally intelligent people are because they'll have a bad feeling about someone and instead of being like i just i have a bad feeling about that person they'll go oh well when he said this he made me feel this way Mm. and that's why i have a bad feeling about someone so i really I, so I think we should pay a lot more attention to our subconscious in general because I also think that they know the subconscious knows more than you know. It just doesn't know how mm. to communicate it. I think. Yeah, um, it's, it's almost like a. I mean, I, I. I mean, I'm just trying to envision of analogies, but if like a tap or something, you know, like you can. Tap. Like you have to, 
let some of it like you don't have to but you let some of it out and then you react to whatever is there right yeah so that's yeah cool. yeah wow that's beautiful but yeah but I, I don't know just that's yes. really cool i really like the way you describe that i felt that you described mm-hmm. that in a very in a very fitting fitting way that's a really lovely metaphor yeah you let you you, you gotta let it out you you let it out and then you react to what's there exactly yeah yeah but you close it again Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Open the tap, close tap, and then look at the water, and be like, "Ah, okay, you, cool." Yeah, you look at the water, mm. but I think some. I think especially, well, I I I took a self defense class mm. once, and it was less. It was less to do with the martial arts, even though I I did actually get to whoop some butt at a subsequent occasion. But it's not important. Uh, we they were just talking about about situations where you feel like how to be how to be safe in situations in general so that you don't have to, so that you end up not putting yourself in the circumstance where you need to fight. Mm. And Mm. a lot of it, they said, listen to your gut because especially, you know, I, people, people, when you're younger, you listen to your gut so much more. You had, you, you are so much in tune with your intuition because you don't really know anything else. Mm. Um, And so a lot of the time, People don't really listen to kids, but a lot of the time, maybe, you know, maybe they have something more to say because they're tapping into something that you've decided to rationalize away. Yeah, temper. Mm-hmm. But maybe, but I think, I think people think that the adult thing to do is to rationalize this away and, and temper and, and just sort of ignore when they have a bad feeling about something or when they have a certain feeling about something, when perhaps the better thing to do is to go, is to actually focus on it more and understand why they feel like that Mm. and if you're thinking oh the reason it felt like that is because i'm pretty sure that was a knife in his pocket then that's that's some advice that you should that's an intuition that you should go with and if it's oh well he said something bad about cats and i really like cats and and so i I don't i don't Mm. like him for that reason then maybe you should temper your intuition a little bit because maybe you're just biased towards cats and he said something about cats and that's why you've decided that he's some murdering psychopath Mm. that's a really weird example but do you understand what i'm trying to say yeah i mean taking like knives and cats to like ninths and flats you know (laughs) it could sort of you know apply it that way wow he had a knife in his pocket and it just you know i wasn't sure about he said something bad about flats and all of a sudden you know (laughs) <laughs> oh leo kelly g um, everyone but um yeah but i actually think i know i'm just talking about, for some reason i'm talking about self-defense but i'm saying i think it can, can apply to emotions within music as well yeah because i think if you start from the position of i want this to be mysterious and scary then you might miss out on some nuances that mm. you might not actually have sure. a, a concept like a, an existing lexical concept for mm. so i just like to make sure that you know just make sure i'm not missing anything in the old back of the head um <laughs> but then so do, so do you think the intention or yeah is like it clouds i, I i'd say hit it, it can hinder you i don't want to say hinder in a way that like you shouldn't do it because you'll miss out things because sometimes if you go the intention route then whatever you're trying to achieve might either come out faster or come out exactly how you wanted it to. And then. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's just, I like to allow for some happy accidents. Mm. I think it's almost like if you're, if you're intending to achieve something, 
you'll achieve it because you're intending to achieve it, but in achieving it, you'll miss something that might have potentially been better working intuitively instead. Like if you go out to be like, I'm going to write a song in like D flat minor, for example, like it's going to be in D flat minor and nothing's going to change my, it's going to be like that. And you miss out of all the other keys that you could potentially do by just working intuitively as a really yeah, crude that's, example. That's, yeah, that, that can be an example. But that doesn't mean that because, well, what I was going to say was I do have like a, that intuitive process at the start, but then what I really like to do, just because I think it's healthy um, and also because I think it's enriching, um, is to go back over what I've done and then I have to go, why have I done that? And I have to come up with some, I don't have to come up with, but I really should come up with some answers because I really do... Mm. I like the knowledge and I like, I really like to understand why I've done what I've done, even though I, li- I don't like to, I don't like to pay too much attention to it initially. I like to go back and analyze it and yeah. go, okay, well, the reason I've done this is because I think, yes, it is scary, but also perhaps it is this other nuanced feeling. And, and then I go, oh, okay. And then maybe I ha- now I have the decision whether I want to just go the scary route or whether I want to lean more into this n- nuanced feeling that I've not actually disclosed to you. Uh, you know, and I, and I can, I can take it that direction. So now I just have more options. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, what's really nice is sometimes you do something to you say, I have this motif to represent this thing and you don't know you've done it but once you found out that you've done it what you can do is you can take that and then you can add it to your little composer's toolbox toolbox you can add it to your composer's (laughs) 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 you can add it to your composer's toolbox Mm. that next time you go i want to achieve this effect you can go oh i have a thing for that that i did that last time exactly and so you're just you're just basically building on top of everything that you've heard before and everything that you've done before mm. which is really lovely uh, and so that's the way I like to that's the way I like to do business take good care honey don't lose your soul for wild eyes do look upon for each peaceful night there's a dog on patrol that echoes the wind Despair for the truth that you seek is anywhere and everywhere. There are miles of ocean that run just as deep, only to lead nowhere. Listen up, it makes no difference. Point in finding selfish reasons, point in adding complications. Why? You're so different Go wonder over again See where it takes you I got scores of ashes to tell my tale Tears and sweat drip to fill my pain And I can't stand you Let history repeat itself if you Of you, 
from prying eyes to send you off into the world to rectify your point of view. But in the middle of the night, I was calling you. I beat myself in times of fear for it's a punishment, but I'll survive as long as you do too. Don't turn I think that that um yeah that that rings so many like bells in my head in terms of like it, it, it all makes so much you know when someone just drops like a load of truth and you're just sort of like you want to find a way to express like how much you agree with it all but like all of it made, like it, it makes so much sense in terms of like the things that you subconsciously do um can have really like they like just they make very strange connections sometimes in your head I think and then like obviously if you yeah. can analyze them it just gives you then kind of a shortcut to doing that again and and then potentially you know to even sort of go deeper in it like I always think of um the, you brought this up and I never even realized I think it was when um when I played you coming home which is a song that I wrote mm-hmm. um and the introductory riff in it goes like from like, B flat to A to G to F mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. comes home like to the key mm-hmm. again and like but without mm-hmm. even realizing the song was called it it ended up having this riff that came home kind of thing and it's kind of like something subconsciously there was something must have made you know like whether it was the fact that like mm. it actually did that that made me write the lyric or whether it was the other way around or whatever but like but then having an awareness of that sort of thing then gives you a, okay so you can you can write something like that to then come home in that way and it's sort of like ha- you can have harmony and the way that music moves inform the lyrics that you write as well as the other way around 
um, which until you brought it up was never something I'd even thought of. But then again, it's just another thing in your toolbox to then be like, ah, okay, I can now, you know, you can mix the two together and it gives you another kind of way of just looking at things. Well, you know, you it's, know? it's like they say, if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> Johnny, yes. are you enjoying yourself? I am, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just absorbing just all this. I'm just absorbing all this information. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk how I wrote the film, maybe? Or how I, yeah, what, inf- what influenced me? Well, was, yeah, that was, that was the other thing that I was going to ask. Because, like, every time I hear your music, it's, it's, very, it's, it's very you. Um, but, like, mm. because, obviously, you list, you, you're very well listened, um, as you both are, um, where your music actually comes from. Like, I've never heard, like, the, the source point, if that makes sense. There's bits of it I hear every now and again. Um, mm. But in terms of the film score, when I heard it, it wasn't kind of like, ah, oh, she's trying to be she's not even trying to imitate or like, you know, or it sounds like this. I didn't really have a reference point for it. So like, I'm curious as to how you were kind of like, what inspired your, yeah. Yeah. How you came to the sort of the sound of it, the whole thing. To make that point slightly more general and then gradually converge on what you're specifically asking. I think I have told you this before, but I really, how do I say this? I think when you ask an artist what their influences are, again, it's kind of to do with intuition. But mm-hmm. when when you ask an artist what their influences are, I think they like to list off a bunch of artists that they like and have inspired them on a level that they can rec- that they can recognize. Mm-hmm. But I've come to realize that everything can be an influence. So. And it doesn't even have to be ones that you're consciously aware of. So another thing that I really love to do, because I do this in my sort of pop music, I guess you could call it as well, is I like to look back over it and go, what specific artists or songs have inspired this? And why why does it sound like that? Mm. So I I did have one song that was inspired by Kesha. And it's like, I you know, all power to Kesha. I'm not particularly a fan of her music or anything, but Mm. somehow she managed to become a massive, like the major influence in my song. So, uh, and you know, really random things. Even there was this girl and she, she just hummed something on the train and I got like a whole orchestral, track out of that it was like a weird techno orchestral track that i've mm. still yet to finish but yeah and that was it's just that some girl was humming something on the train and i was like yes i can get a solid like seven minutes out of that mm. so uh yeah. I, mean, I, I mean it, it takes it takes a certain amount of like you have to have the tools to be able to interpret those ideas that might come randomly or that might come um intuitively one might say mm. um, well because yeah. because if someone hears like like loads of people have heard Kesha but mm. not a lot of people will say like I'm gonna make a song that is inspired by this in a completely original way you know <laughs> like people listen to things for all different types of reasons so it's mm-hmm. yeah so I guess yeah having the tools to extrapolate yeah a creative but idea I think is you, interesting. well mm. I'm sure some people it, it depends who you are but mm. 
I think as well, people like to, uh, what do I want to say? Well, they, I think the innate of you, when you pick up the ability to write a song specifically, like mm. the way that Leo does, it's not something that he sat down and opened how to write a song for dummies. I think it has come out of you, but that is a manifestation of every single thing you've ever heard in your entire life since you were sure, born, yeah. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, you do need to have that sort of, I guess you need to have that toolbox, but I think people do tend to naturally accumulate that, especially when they're, if they, if they are indeed creatively inclined, I don't want to speak for everyone, mm -hmm. but I think it is something that you can do quite, quite naturally and then it sort of just it just oozes out of you in a certain way but i quite i quite enjoy it when you can hear something that maybe they weren't even thinking of or you know that they that they wouldn't necessarily expect but maybe well for me sometimes i've i've heard something i've listened to something that you know for for five minutes and then i've heard it again in a in a song that i really really enjoy and i go oh that's so crazy because i wouldn't have thought that you know I wouldn't mm -hmm. have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have pegged that as if I had to, you know, go and, and say, I'm going to write a song about this. I would, you know, I would, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that, but then I've, I've ended up writing a song that kind of is influenced by that anyway. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and how does it, how does that manifest in terms of like your, your workflow in terms, I mean, I, I guess it differs between writing a soundtrack and writing like single tunes. Um, mm. But is that something, do you, do you have, like, because I, I feel like everyone has different processes. Some people might record a bunch of voice memos and be like, okay, I'm going to use this one, this one, this one, this one. <laughs> is, that, mm. is that a process that you just sort of build like Lego bricks up? Or or do you, do, like, how much was it was like, was like just, I'm sitting at a keyboard, either a oh, typing keyboard yeah literally none of it and creating no. or is it like you have these i don't ideas. sit at keyboards you, you, you have you have a you have a bank of thoughts right i have a, yeah, yeah i think i just mm. listen to i i i feel like i'm listening to music all the time mm. uh and then sometimes that just happens to be my own music and then sometimes i'm listening to music but it's music i've never heard before and then i think oh well i should actually probably you know type that into mm. existence so I think a lot of it is in its entirely produced form before it, before so it. In your head though. Yeah. 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 In my head before okay, it, so be you have before, like before a... I, before I put it, before I like vomit it up, mm. you know, I think a lot of it. Yeah. 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 Vomit. That's a good word. I, it's like, it's, I am basically just diving into the, the abyss of my subconscious and then just vomiting something up from from the chasm and and just praying that it might be worth something. Okay, so <laughs> that's that's quite interesting because I feel like it, it is a bit different to the way I would like create things. <laughs> um, I say, hmm, yeah. well, let's, so, uh, let me so let me temper I'm not let me temper what I right said. Or wrong, yeah, but let mm. me temper what I said because I do because I mean mm. uh, there is there's always a there is always a bit of. You know, I have I have the bulk of the idea, but then there's always a bit, a bit of me building and, and going into it a bit more mm. with a bit more like forethought. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not not always, but a lot of the time, I'd say most of the time, it just starts. It just starts as a, bleh, and then it then I just add little bits. Okay. As mm. as it materializes more, sometimes I think, yeah, this sounds good, but needs more triangle, mm. and then. 
Bob's your uncle. You've got yeah. some, just open Fair. up Apple Loops, find yeah. yourself some triangle <laughs> and Chago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's almost as if, I guess, you have like more RAM, you know, in your head to to remember ideas that you might think of randomly again intuitively one day in the shower while listening to music or whatever and be able to stack them up know what works and then put it into a piece of work you know whereas for me i can like i'll think up one idea that's like on one instrument or something and then i'll put it into a tangible form on either voice note or you write it down or whatever and then you combine the pieces and mm. then you create a thing mm. so yeah that has way. tripped me up at some in some, some occasions mostly mm. mostly when i've well a lot of the songs that i wrote well a lot of the songs that i came up with i had an idea for when i was like 11 i just don't mm. i kind of can't remember them anymore so that's not like that's not good but at the same time i remember that they weren't they weren't they weren't that good anyway so i don't miss mm. them Okay. And the ones I really do like, songs I've written when I was eleven that I that I absolutely love, I still do remember to this day. Just I just haven't mm, I know what you mean. spoken <laughs> them into existence or yeah. done anything with them. Right. Um, but I mean, specifically, if you want to, I because I did go back and I, I I was thinking of in terms of the film what what could have been and influence influences mm. i did receive because i i'm not the the executive producer of this film is of course the man the myth the woman the myth the legend tisha graves my mom but um and she did kind of give me a brief because i wasn't i mm. I, I feel like as well i wasn't actually from the outset i wasn't going to be the producer i think we were just going to make a film that i could soundtrack and mm. then i ended up writing the script but then i ended up doing a little bit more so mm. then I I just sort of became the producer just as an as an <laughs> as it was as it became required because you know it's, it's our first project and so I guess everyone kind of needed all the help they can get so it was like it was very all hands on deck. Mm. Um, but going into it, I didn't really have any say on what the story would be. So I wrote the screenplay, but I didn't necessarily come up with this what the story was. Mm. That was very much collaborative but the idea that it was going to be a costume drama about a cult that yeah. was um that was pretty much my mom i remember having that conversation sure mm. i remember and you her, telling and, us about that conversation as well <laughs> yeah and then being like but why why a, why a cult and why a costume drama and it was basically like listen bethany i have yeah. a vision <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to see it through. I'm just kidding. She's she's actually very she's a very logical person, and I, mm. but um, and I'm sort of very much playing up that conversation for the memes. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So she did give me a brief, though. She said that she wanted it to be very Last of the Mohicans. Mm. And okay. what's very interesting is when you're writing to a brief, say when you have a client, and they say they want something. You, I don't think that you should always, this sounds bad, but like take them at face value. But I mean that in mm. a good way, because sometimes they'll say, I want Last of the Mohicans, but then you have to go and delve into why they say they want yeah, Last of yeah, the yeah. Mohicans. So, cause there is so, there's so much to what makes last the, the OST for Last of the Mohicans, the Last of the Mohicans music, you know, and there are so many parameters that, that, and there's so many things that go into it. So you need to think, okay, well, what is in what what is actually in in that music that is relevant to our film specifically 
and what what in that film or what in that what it, what is it what what emotion or what sense in that film is it that that you specifically yeah. want to apply to the book of laws that's the name of the film by the way book of laws mm. so roll credits. um <laughs> roll, roll credits <laughs> just have to just thought I should clarify. So any, any, it, anytime anyone says Book of Laws in any context in the world, <laughs> the credits will roll. The credits will roll. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you guys crack me up. So yeah, anyway. Wh- so we... What was I saying? I was yeah. The credits rolled and then I thought, well, film's over. <laughs> film's Interview's over. over. Um, the, idea <laughs> for the, the idea for the film. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So... I did have Last of the Mohicans and I, well, I was trying to work out, you know, why Last of the Mohicans specifically, you know, going all V-Source Michael here. Um, and I think there was a, I think it was just the idea that A, that m- my mum feels that it's quite, it's quite, it's quite present in certain situations within the film. Mm. In certain situations within the film, there might be, not be as much happening on screen or there might not be so much action on screen, but the music is um, far forward enough that it's essentially influencing the story on a much stronger scale than, than just being ambience or, or, or just mood or, you know, and that was one of the things that that was part of it. And also I just, I just thought the sense of, um, what do we, uh, what's, what's the word for like heavy, like heavy, but m- heavy in terms of like importance and grave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as in like, uh, yeah, I know what I you guess mean. It, having a sense of gravity and importance to it, I think. Poignancy? Is it pregnancy, Sorry? yeah. Poignancy. Oh, poignancy. Poignancy maybe mm-hmm. poignancy but also being quite large like i mean the 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 main theme is mm. pretty larger than life mm. right okay a mm. it's it's very i mean it's very blah in terms of orchestration you mm. know what i mean when i say that and then <laughs> as fellow creatives you know what i mean when i say when i say blah, you know what i'm talking about <laughs> Uh, it's the secret code. Don't tell anyone about the one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just got to be like, psh, psh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what it feels like. <laughs> it's like, ba- it's like love- base level music communication before like words mm-hmm. come in to work it out. Is it yeah. just give me some like, wow, you know? And it's like, oh yeah, okay, I can do that. Like my favorite thing is being able to. My favorite thing with that specifically is communicating like that is great, but also the fact that. With you two specifically, we found a way to communicate that over text as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be like, can you just be like, like, uh, but I'll just type it in as something and you guys will just get it. Yeah. It's like N S K N S K N S K. Ah, yeah. Okay. I think sometimes I feel like that's, that's maybe why I don't know how to write lyrics or write any like literary ideas. It's because in my head, it's just going like, you too. <laughs> too deep in the bois. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, I was already satisfied by that element. Yeah, there's no need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So I don't need words. I have I've that got... too. Well, oh. not necessarily, but with lyrics specifically, sometimes I'm so happy with the gibberish that I've come up with, the mm. pre, you know, the primordial mm. gibberish that I don't, mm. that I'm like, do I need lyric? Can I not just make up a language and just use these exact syllables? Mm. 
So, but back to the film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing with that I really, I've take, I kind of was like, yeah, I think this is, is um, there's something about the six, five, one, five chord sequence. And it's, it's, it's everywhere in music that I think seems mm. a little bit heavy or seems a little bit like maybe even, even patriot, not, yeah, patriotic or I don't know, you know, like 2001 Space Odyssey, mm. Mm. the last, like the, the cadence at the end of it, when, when it just goes, bah, 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 that's, that's a six, five, one, isn't it? Yeah. And, but it's, um, it's it's like the it's the it, it's like the happier or it's the sort of more majestic uh aspect of it and then if you if you i feel like if you end if you have a phrase like, like a six five one five phrase or a six five one or whatever if you end it on the six then it gets a little bit has slightly more of a like less of a <gasps> quality and more of a oh, quality yeah, you know what yeah. i mean it's kind of like, because it gives you like the positivity of the one being like, ah, oh, and it's like, oh, no, it's six. Yeah. It drags you like back down again, but it like, yeah. Yeah. But it so drags the, like the majestic, the majesticity of the one down with it. So you're sort of like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, and you carry that with you to the, ah, oh, and it's like, it, you feel it. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. with the, with the last of the Mohicans specifically, uh, what's it? It kind of goes like six, five, one, five, six and so it's very first of all that another thing that makes it quite rounded and very complete sounding is just the fact that it's quite symmetrical in its chord structure um Mm. in its sequence so like it's palindromic isn't it Mm. yeah um and that gives us good sense of sort of complete completeness because it ends in the sort of mirror image way that it begins Mm. uh and but but it's sort of it that Da, 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 which is the six da, 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 is the five and mm. then it goes da, da, one you're like that feels rounding rousing you know mm. and you're kind of it kind of seems kind of hopeful and it goes back to the five da, 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 mm. it goes back to the five and mm. it goes da, 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 and it ends on that minor yeah, yeah. sure da, da, da. and so it seems it seems very complete and it seems very final but it also seems like it hasn't ended on that rousing lifting note it's come back it's it's like i i've got a bit of hope and then i've been brought back down to earth mm. and that's a very common arc within music specifically with the six the six five ones and the six five one five sixes and stuff and it's it's a lot it's in it's not everywhere in music but you know you can find it if you look Pirates um, the caribbean <laughs> is it, sorry, <laughs> just in the look of it. Oh, goodness. Like, sorry, it's a like, um, but like, as a, like, as a, like, no, it's it's just the way you put your hand over your mouth earlier, like 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 what you said was just sort of like I don't know that you just blurted it out and you were like oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I was trying to work out like what's so wrong with Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, is it because of I don't know? Is it is it like a Johnny yeah. Depp? Like, no, 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 no. It's literally just like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, no, just just yeah, the, the theme the theme tune. Just like I just because you because you mentioned that it like it, it happens a lot and then like it just clicked no, in my head that that happened to be a six five one five as well. That was all. It's yeah. Sorry. just a, mm-hmm. in, just a, just Leo's intuitive thought. You know, we gotta. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Skeptical. Sorry. It's a, isn't it like a six, one, five, six? Yes, it is. Sorry. I knew this. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's not. But fine. you know, it's Sorry, you know yeah. well yeah. done. You tried. Yeah, yeah, well, you tried, Leah. Nice job. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, um, sorry, I said the word. But, I, but, but, but you're right. But you're right, though, actually. I mean, the da, da, da is one way. But, but just having those, I mean, having those chords. The chords are there, man. And I think that it's just like another shade. It's just another variation. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's, which it's, does, it's not, it it's does not apply. Exactly, it's not exactly that. It's but, not exactly yeah. that, but like it, you know, it's, it counts. It counts, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, yeah. but and then, also, so, you can't uh, test, like almost there, but you, yeah. you missed the yeah. dunk. And, and, and at the same time, you can't like discount Leo's interpretation of that chord sequence you know like exactly it's just people as feel valid. chord sequences different ways you're so. unique no no, no i know like but, like, but at the same time like no it's so okay just... it wasn't a six five one five it's like it was a six one no no, no. i think i think yeah, listen i think we're all we're all on the same page i think we we've, we we all we all agree that your input was valuable <laughs> regardless of the fact that it wasn't exactly what we were talking about but it's fine mm. <laughs> we can put that to rest um, <laughs> uh, but yeah with so with the book of laws yeah. i have you know we have the cold open and that's one thing but then we also have the you know the opening credits and that goes a certain type of way because i've i've i, I decided that one of the you know I, I kind of wanted to have that rousing arc and i also wanted to have that thing where there's hope and it brings it down to earth because at the end of the day there is it is the end of the film is a hopeful ending, but it isn't necessarily like oh, like a super happy, clappy, or everything ends well ending. So it's not, it's it's not, it's a bit. Mm. It's it's more of a hopeful ending than it is an. It doesn't end on, you know, oh yeah, the witch is dead, or yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a sort of. What's the name of that Dorothy? What's the Wizard of Oz? It's, it's not like. It's mm. not. It's not the thing where oh, she comes back home and everything's great. It's it, uh, you know, and she tells her aunt what an adventure she had. So it's so I I decided to do that. So I I had the it's and it is different. <laughs> mm. um, uh, and also I wanted to keep it also quite. I wanted to keep it quite simple as well. I wanted to have not too many notes in general. This is yeah. the, the other thing of of not wanting to. Uh, get in the way of the actual message of the film and what you want to convey too much in yeah. uh, in the interests of being spectacular or being flashy or something because mm. you know at the end of the day you are you're, you're soundtracking a film you're not trying to you're not trying to show off so yeah uh, to show so I did want it I did I did want it want it to, to want to keep it quite simple because that's kind of in keeping with the film there are people who've the community are people who've shunned all excess essentially. Mm. And they're just living on their lonesome, leading their lives, you know, and tr- kidding themselves that they're happy. So it's a bit of a grind and it's, you know, it ain't much, but it's honest work is basically what the soundtrack is saying in yeah. a nutshell. So I have the same thing with the six, five, one, five. And then I have a little bit, you know, where it's just a little bit like six, five, four. And that's kind of. That bit's a little bit sad. Mm. It's, it's like a, huh. And then, 
One, six, five, six. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Does that? Yeah. I'm not. I don't know yeah. if it was even worth me doing that. But no, I mean, I mean, I mean, no, having no, no, seen no, the no, film, absolutely. like, like having seen, the, like having seen the film now, and like seeing it, like, it is an intention, you know, to weave that theme throughout the film and have it come at different points. Yeah. Um, um oh also yeah and and I did I did like so it does have a sense of a sense of finality to it, I feel. Mm. And it's cool because when you play it backwards, you can hear the theme forwards. Sure. Oh uh, okay. Mm. Uh so I guess it's like, you know, you've done something. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's really yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> I mean, can you call it palindromic songwriting? You know, it's well. I mean, and people I mean, do I'll, do that, right? I'm sure there's a, there's some GCSE mm. class music class happening right now in the near future. Yeah. Well, it's ten o'clock, so yeah. somewhere <laughs> but, somewhere in the world, yeah. maybe not. GCSE. I was also yeah, th- well. I was also thinking of speaking of Jacob Collar. He does that um, sort of TikTok real thing where he plots out the MIDI for. Um, to try and spell out a word, and he spells out vote. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he spells like, out what? He spells out the word vote, and he was trying to encourage oh, oh, right, right. American people to go out and vote for the presiden- presidential election. But he hmm. was sort of doing like a yeah, 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 and that gets the V, and then to get the O, it's like and he gets the O anyway yeah no <laughs> no, no no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I love them because yeah there, there are <laughs> there's quite a few videos where they where they love yeah. to just here's what here's what red sounds like in midi you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's nice yeah. that he you know that he applied himself in that way yeah. you know I mean, it, got, it is it is something I mean I guess it's one of those things like as you were saying earlier um, um, just trying to sort of centered the tributary back to the main river but it's like um (laughs) but um but you know how you like pick things up on the way and you just you just find these Mm. new tools you know like maybe okay i'm gonna try write a song now that or like a tune or a theme or if you're composing a soundtrack for a film it's like uh, intuitive or process songwriting whatever it's like you have this new tool i guess to try and access a new emotion and then maybe spelling out a v makes me feel a certain way and also now, if I hear anything of that nature, that goes, mm, you're gonna think you're gonna want to go and vote. That's like that's like a V to me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I thought you were um, gonna say like, why does this musical motif make me want to go to the polls me, immediately? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I vote on right now? <laughs> so just on Twitter, it's like. <laughs> Twitter and say yes to some random vote. Patriotic and democratically inclined, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I need to go and like do something to help my country. <laughs> the T must have been yeah. difficult, right? To spell out a MIDI, because it must be like boom, to get like that. Yeah, yeah, he literally. Or went, maybe, like, yeah, 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 and the E yeah, yeah. just like boom, dum, like yeah. <laughs> to get everything down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he just he just smashing your face down in the middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to get the middle one. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think he did a you massive. You've got to suffer core. for your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. he, I think he did a massive chord and then he stuck it out with some octaves yeah so like, mm-hmm. like that yeah anyway oh goodness <laughs> what's a um, uh, anyway so a musical martyr Jacob yeah, Collier yeah, musical martyr Jacob Collier <laughs> smashing his face in for the greater good <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah. um, I mean, so what's your what's your plan for inter? I mean, if if there is one, but like obviously you're submitting it to film festivals and things like that. Yeah, you're trying um, to wrap this up, aren't you? I still have stuff to say. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um- <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, we could go on for this forever. No, 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 no. I, we yeah, so we'll just, we'll I have, have we'll have to finish at some point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have. Uh, well, we're submitting it to a bunch of festivals right now. So currently, mm. it is in the it is being considered by Sundance, by Tribeca Film uh, Festival, and by Athens, Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. video and film festival i i've always wanted to i've i want to go to ohio yeah i mean it, i guess if it wasn't a lockdown you guys would have been submitting it to physical places rather than i guess i'm guessing it's all virtual now right? or unless it all well was. i i don't actually know what's going to happen i'm mm-hmm. ju- very much i guess I, i'm just going i'm just rolling with whatever the festivals decide to do sure um but yeah and uh it's uh yeah, I'm just basically, you know, I've got I've got the Instagram account, Book of Laws Film, Books mm. underscore of underscore laws underscore film. Got the you'll I assume you'll link this and stuff. There's yeah. the book of mm. laws dot there's the book of laws dot com. Mm. Uh there's uh we've got a Facebook page, same <laughs> uh same book underscore of underscore laws underscore film. It's a YouTube channel as well, right? Yes, we have TBZ Productions. Yeah. Book of yeah, yeah. And and there you can actually yeah, you'll you'll be able to find the trailer, which also has some cool music. Actually that's I mean yeah, so so I've I taken some bit various bits of the soundtrack to just make a little soundtrack for the trailer, but it has you'll hear the oppression theme. <laughs> I've <laughs> I've um I've decided that there are a bunch of like themes that I've decided are important or, you know, slightly more because there's a lot of different things in the film. There's uh, it's a sort of a a gender stereotype sort of look in there's there's spiritual deception. There's like the there's the conditional love of being in a cult but then there's also all sorts of things and there's also a theme of there's a theme of greed which actually the theme of greed is quite far back in the film but once it um at by the end by the very very final scene uh it's it's kind of it's more prominent the whole the whole idea of of greed and and because they're giving tithes to this woman right um but uh that's actually i feel like i should mention this because uh Mm. that that scene the music that is playing in that scene is a little bit of a love letter to Ennio Morricone um Mm. and I just want to say big up to him because you know he sadly passed away not too long ago and I miss him and I didn't even yeah and and that and that happened you know I fit I finished the film and then not 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 too long over um after that I got the news and so I think he's he's a massive he massively influenced that scene in particular because while it's not exactly the same, it is. Um, there is a that bit in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly where um, the ugly guy I can't I can't remember the name of the the guy who was the you know the ugly in the film, but he's he's trying he's looking for some treasure and eventually he's in a graveyard and he's he finds out what the name the name of the gra- of the grave that the treasure's under and then there's this whole scene where the ecstasy of gold plays, which is just the the wah 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 
Mm -hmm. You know, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And there's and nothing happens that whole scene. It's literally just that guy running, and then the camera just wish wishing whizzing Mm. wishing uh, go. It's just zooming past all of these doing these graves, and it's basically it just does that for however long it takes for the ecstasy of gold to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I kind of, because there's, because he's there and he's like, he's looking for, he's looking for this treasure and stuff. And there's kind of a similar theme in the very, very final scene of the book of laws, which I think is one of the, one of my favorite scenes of, of, of the whole film, Mm -hmm. just because it's, um, but yeah, it has that. Um, I've got um, yeah, mezzo soprano Emily Noon. She she sings over it, and so she mm. sings the see. She sings you know my little oppression motif. But then it's but because I kind of wanted to take that idea of Ennio Morricone's uh, that scene basically just just being a point where you can just sit back and listen to the music. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of it was kind of a similar vibe with this one. So I took the oppression theme and I turned it more into a song that, ooh, like a song that kind of just starts and ends. Um, and uh, and then also I had her, I had her sing it in, uh, in much the same way as the there's a solo singer in, in the ecstasy of gold. And so and and kind of some of the some of the chords. It's just a little bit. It's not quite. You can't, it's, but you, if you, if you're listening, I think hard enough, you can see a little bit of a parallel or a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, just like, it's a tribute really. I just wanted to put like a little tribute that maybe if you, if you know, you know, you know, and it's, yeah, a little Easter egg, a little Easter egg and, 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 and managing to like have that tribute. And so also like combining the idea of greed with oppression and the fact that like, you know, being oppressed mm. by greed, among other things. Sure. It's it's another thing. It's like a, it's a very very um, complex cocktail of emotions that you can only really get across through the music, as opposed to by me explaining it to right. you. Yeah. Um, cool. But there are all yeah. sorts I mean, of bit bits like like that. Um, mm. And and yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think what would be really cool to have with the film. Are, Obviously, you you have like a website, you have like channel and things like that. Mm. But it almost like program notes at a classical concert. It would mm. be and not just inform on this podcast right now, but like well, it, it, would, it would be great to have those in a digestible format for an audience. You know, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the audience like, of go on, sorry, Karen. No, as, as in just like an audience, like not just people that know how to write music for that purpose or whatever mm. um, mm-hmm. or write stories for that purpose or whatever but yeah digestible by by novices as well you know that would yeah be- even just like 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 mm-hmm. a um you know like, like uh like having the score and then having you like explain the score either as it's happening like just have like kind mm-hmm. of the way that jacob Collier does with a lot of his work he has like him and then the screen mm-hmm. next to it and sort of like you stopping and saying oh well, here i was trying i was i was trying to do this and then like here i was going mm-hmm. for this kind of thing like it'd be really really interesting to see sort of like throughout because 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 there's so much music in it like to be able to delve into that would be absolutely amazing to kind of like i think for well, anyone like and not, I guess not only the, just for you know for, for us as musicians and also who play yeah. in it but like to be able to kind of like just to, yeah. to get an, in, an insight into all of the all of the different intentions for all the different parts of the film would be amazing yeah and i guess both yeah both the musical and the literary themes as well yeah i guess which is mm-hmm. what well, that was, i'm yeah, like the greek glad- like, like the ideas of greed 
yeah. that you I'm glad that you mm. mentioned that actually because a lot of the well we've got we've we've got two videos because we've we've just started the YouTube channel and so we have two videos one of them is the trailer one of them is getting to meet the cast but we will actually start we're still creating content for that uh, for that channel, still mm. behind the scenes content, and we and we, I actually will be uh, interviewing some of the musicians as well, and there is a, going to be more just sort of yeah, I guess I guess show notes like a, a little bit, mm. just going yeah. into going into the different themes and and how, and I will go into the there will be the you know the soundtrack as well, um, mm. sound like. Um, We'll talk about the soundtrack. We'll talk about all the dead people that are that are in the soundtrack. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are some. There are de- there are there are dead people in the soundtrack. Um, right. Specifically, mm. the the founder of the cult who's now dead, uh, but his his influence lives on because he had he he is now a chord. He is literally a chord. Um, <laughs> and well, I, I'm like, there's a film. Uh, by I don't want to say it's not Clark Gable the guy in um, no, To Kill a Mockingbird Gable. the guy in Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird the, 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 the old film but I don't know I think he plays a I can't remember the name of the film but he plays uh, I'll work it I'll figure it out he plays a I think that he, he's trying to get this uh, woman and her child away from this Native American chief who's hunting them down. I, I'm not too familiar with the film, but I did um, sort of go into the soundtrack a bit. And you don't see this Native American, you don't see this because he's the antagonist, right? You don't see him mm-hmm. until pretty near the end of the film, but you can hear him because whenever there's a gust of wind, sure. there'll be like, you know, there'll be foley for the gust of wind. It'll go, <laughs> but then a little bit in the in, within that, you can hear his chord. Mm. which is right. super oh, cool um and so wow. and uh i didn't i didn't do exactly that but i did definitely take inspiration from that when so whenever whenever the there's also the so there's the the dead cult leader then there's the new cult leader's dead wife who and they're kind of the two opposing forces they're, they're the dead people who are sort of fighting each other there's the prophet and then there's this guy's dead wife and they have opposing views and they were mm. fighting in life and now they're fighting in death in their mm-hmm. through their influence and so so she she doesn't she's not a chord but she she's she is actually an actual human woman voice who sure. says things but you, you're not really supposed to hear what she says but but she you she actually says words um and if you listen really carefully you can kind of hear the words but she always she mm. always she always kind of appears when you need to, when when some when she feels the need to warn someone so whenever it's like a sort of don't do it, you'll kind of hear a bit of a. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's that's really cool. I mean that that's I mean as part as a media consumer, um, someone who watches films or TV shows or visual mediums, um, after I watch something, I might not necessarily pick up on everything on that hmm. first viewing and things, or I want to have challenge my, what my interpretation of the film was. Um, uh, according to the original intention of the film or how the audience is reacting to it um, and at that point I want to go online and like I, I guess these are for like bigger budget like more mainstream things but I want to go online and check out all these reviews check yeah. out all these interpretations check out all these um, sort of um, yeah just people reacting to it um, or or the creators talking about 
um, mm. exactly what they were going for. The actors being interviewed on a very silly program, but then um, you find out something really cool about the film in the process. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, in conclusion, it is the kind of film that I think because we all, uh, mm. well, a couple of us when we did this little, when we did we, when we had this little like test uh, viewing of the film. Um, I think before we f- like properly f- had finalized it, we, uh, well, we watched it all together, but there was also a very much like a sense of excitement because you guys had all been mm-hmm. in the film. So, mm-hmm. uh, it was, uh, uh, but I do think that it is one of those films that warrants, if not a second viewing or it warrants a little bit of attention because not all of it is laid out in front of you. Sure. It's, it's, it's yeah. kind of the majority of i mean it is kind of an easter egg of a film and it's uh and it's i think it's worth just sort of just seeing what you can see because it is a it's very kaleidoscopic as well just in that we've got so many different societal themes that we want to touch upon because we wanted to make it as much of an exaggerated form of what an actual like the exaggerated um dystopian version of what a lot of actual societies are like <clears throat> and so we didn't want it to be just uh like bad in this specific mm. direction so there's i mean there's even like the the rage of being in a younger generation forced into circumstances because of an older generation that is exists in the yeah. film and that's also something that's in society as well like every um, there are a bunch of you know there are a bunch of pe- um, of people in the younger generation who are angry about climate change and a lot of them are taking their rage out on the older generation or there are or even just having to being stuck within tradition because because it's what it's what their ancestors have been doing till now and they they feel pressured to be doing the same thing and that kind of thing um, there are a bunch of different um, themes, and I think depending on even you know, there's Stockholm syndrome. Like mm. it, depending on, I think, and we've all we've all come from. We all have different backgrounds. We've come at we were coming to watch the film from different walks of life, and so we have what we've directly experienced and what what's been a heavy shadow in our own lives is different to what the next person is. So I think there are certain phrases even that where if you've if you've been familiar with that kind of situation or if you've been familiar, you'll you, that will speak to you maybe more than it will speak to the next person because you're like yes that's what that's what this that's what X sounds like because I kind of have experience with that or mm. yeah and yeah we've taken it we, we, it didn't start off as a particularly uh, it didn't start off as the big project that it is now. Um, mm. I think we wanted to make like a very, very short film that's just a little bit moody that we could make in our living room. And then slowly, as we wrote the script, we and we decided, we as soon as we found out that we had things we wanted to say, it turned yeah. a lot more serious quite quickly. And then mm. because it turned a lot more serious quite quickly, it became, in order to honor the themes, it became less appropriate to do it by half. So we, we wanted to do like we really wanted to do the message a really good job um a really good yeah do them a good job and then you know we'd get actors professional actors instead of whoever we were going to have sure yeah and then now we need to do them proud because this is their a lot of them as well are are, um you know haven't haven't necessarily been in a project like this before and it's kind of something we want we want them to be able to show it and be proud of it so then it, it just it just became so much more 
responsibility like in a good way like it, it was it was the responsibility is palpable now like we understand now that like we, we just ended up taking it so much more seriously now because we realized that the the potential when you the potential to impact a lot of people's lives is 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 there a lot especially when you're when you're running such a big project mm -hmm. and so you really want to just completely like beat the opportunity into the ground I guess and do do your absolute most to to make sure that that the best you know it gets the best possible result and it makes a really positive impact on the world in your little just in whatever little way that that you can you know because yeah. we all have our very small spheres of influence and we just try and make sure that that sphere of influence is always as positive as possible as much as possible so that's mm -hmm. kind of the main idea behind the film and just even why we you know it's not necessarily why we started but by the end of it that's definitely what we're trying to achieve sure yeah i mean i guess having a film that has the ability to to be a repeat filming film like like sorry repeat viewing film so if you watch it again the second time there's going to be new things that you pick up on um because yeah because whatever happens the audience experience it the first time maybe a certain way that person mm -hmm. does but um like I, like i went to watch tenet again which is another mm. palindrome um but yes uh, <laughs> but uh i watched it the second time and i appreciated it so much more because i was be able to pick up on more themes i had gone away and read about it um mm. i was i was able to pick out exactly what the filmmaker was so whatever i felt in my first viewing was whatever i felt in my first viewing i was like yeah oh, i'm confused i didn't know what was happening i guess this happened. <laughs> um but then on second viewing i was like okay i see what he was doing there i was seeing what he was doing there i see why i felt the way i did the first time um, mm -hmm. and then recontextualize it so yeah, yeah so, like, so having a film that has the ability to do that you know not all films like most most films are just surface level things happen yeah um, well, I don't them. think most films are like that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Into uh, the Spider Verse yeah. wasn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Into the Spider Verse Depends what was so you watch, powerful. Depends what that was you watch. amazing. Get up, Spider Man. Mm. Get yeah. up, Spider. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> like, but, like, but even musically, yeah, it it's 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 similar though. In that, like, I think mm, yeah. having listened to the soundtrack accompanying mm. the film, and then now having heard you um, unpack it even just a little bit like it gives me mm. it, it gives you so much more to listen to so like not only does the film have mm. more um sort of on a second or third or fourth viewing but like the soundtrack itself like on its own merit like by itself you can unpack the themes sort of while they're there but then also how the themes then interact with the with what's going on in the film as well so you always have like three different ways you can come at the film like mm. from purely all... visual from purely sonic and then having the whole like, like visual and sonic together as well have the whole thing mm. like yeah. you know it's put, very open to the, interpretation you put the sonic bites together and you <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the credits roll and the credits mm. roll <laughs> for real this time <laughs> yeah. um but yeah you can it's a it's yeah. a very it, it's all it's very much open to interpretation the other yeah. thing is we're we kind of we're we're presenting something we're presenting a view of of societies around the world of of mm. you know on a on a platter but we're not necessarily it's not like a judgment call it doesn't really come to any sort of resolution in terms of uh well it, it, it's not necessarily supposed to make you come away with any ideas as it is yeah. for you to come mm -hmm. away yeah. with some own questions that you ask yourself and then you you sort of it just, yeah, it's sort of definitely. it's it's more of a convert we, we want to make a, a a bit of conversation bubble up as opposed to 
tell anyone that mm. or to convince anyone of anything. We're not trying to convince anyone of anything, really. We're just trying to make people think a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out, you know, in terms of how it's received and, um, yeah, like what, what people do say in the end, you know, mm. about that. Yeah, well, thank you. Mm. Thank you. I hope it's nice things. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, you know. It, I mean, it could be not nice things in terms of they came away with like a dystopian view of society and maybe <laughs> and yeah well, yeah but maybe at least if as if they say like you know oh man i've lost all faith in humanity great film though then that's yeah great. yeah exactly that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm kidding i wanted to i mean i i hope that it just gives them it just i hope it's just food for thought in in mm. a you know an hour-long package yeah. but uh you know it, it is what it is at the end of the day we've already achieved what we set out to do in, in the beginning just by the fact that we've made it yeah and mm. we've had a well, you know i've gained so many skills i didn't know how to mix necessarily very well but it took a heck of a, a heck of a lot of effort to get you know get your live strings sounding any type of way and not that they were they were lovely played but you know working with raw audio and getting to like a very like getting to something that that sounds polished and getting something that sounds really like a final product and stuff like that i've learned so many skills i know now how to i've i've learned i've got experience on how to manage a team i've never done i've never managed any anything over i think well i mean i've directed rhapsody numbers but rhapsody numbers kind of direct themselves sorry that's a show we did mm. that um together at uni but um those a lot of those things very much direct themselves sometimes when you have a group of very competent musicians together mm -hmm. but this was so many different things it was you know we had a string section we had horns but then that was just the music then we had cast and crew then we had extras then we had child actors and then I had to find a child out of nowhere because something went wrong and so yeah they're not it's so yeah there's a child in the film but the the child is kind of played by two different <laughs> children <laughs> because of uh because of a, a some sort of because of an issue that was kind of out of our control yeah but um yeah so th these things happen and I now I know that these things happen and I I have an appreciation for people who need to run a big project mm. um with a lot of people and 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 now I have experience as well I feel mm. like I've grown as a person and as a project manager and also I can cook for loads of people now as well. I did so much cooking on, <laughs> on location. I was, I, I, even with a caterer, it, like it wasn't enough. You need to, you need to cook. I did, I've, I, yeah. So just perfecting Incredible. my groundnut stews. Yeah. Transferable um, skills. Well, congr I mean, congratulations on, on completing the yeah. whole film. Um, and yeah. I can't wait for it to, um, I'll be having seen it already. I can't wait to be able to see how it's how it's reviewed and how it does. And I wish it. Well, but like every like obviously you and your mum who who put the whole thing together and everyone who worked on it. I wish them all the best and I hope it I hope it gets um, all the credit it deserves because I think it's absolutely fantastic and I really really yeah. Enjoyed. I feel like we haven't a, we haven't a, said a, it enough. A, it's fantastic. A working a working it's awesome on to it, listen. B watching it, listening to it, and just and just being a part of the whole you know process has been so much fun just for me personally. And so like. Yeah, I just I, I hope it, I hope it's really really well. I'm glad and you I'm glad you think the film is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you. And you know, 
best of luck to the pod. I mean, I'm quite involved with you guys musically anyway. Uh, I have quite I have quite a personal stake mm. in and in <laughs> your your artistic development respectively and and also just your project and your general success. So um and maybe if I'm ever doing because I I do I have done the soundtrack uh, and I wish to continue in the vein of doing soundtracks mm. after this is all over. Um, but, you know, I also do other things uh, and maybe, you know, maybe one day you'll let me on the podcast again when I've got some other pod project to talk about, you know. Or we could just free, or you know, if you, we can just if you ever want to riff wanna, about random things, you know. Yeah, if you just want to, you know, ever want to talk about, you know, separation of yeah. art from artist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't want to talk it's about separating the art from the artist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to Sonic Bites. If you liked what you heard, drop us a like or follow us on Spotify, Anchor FM, or wherever you get your podcasts, or drop us a comment on YouTube at Leo Kelly G Music, Instagram at Sonic Bites, or Twitter at Sonic Bites Pod. More episodes coming very soon. Stay tuned. <laughs>